This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Hey, we're in, we're in a brand new series we're calling Asking for a Friend. And this is actually part two. And so, man, last week was just so good. I don't know about for you, but it was good for me. And, and the Lord helped us. But he's going to help us today, too. And so we're, we're answering this question. You know, some questions we just we don't want to let anybody know that we maybe have. And it's okay to have questions. It's, it's not okay to question after you know the answer. But if you don't know the answer, it's okay to question. So we're answering from the Word of God today the question, if God is good, why does he allow bad things to happen? How many of you have ever had that question before? If God is good, why does he allow bad things to happen? Anybody ever had that question before? I mean, yeah, I think most of us have probably had that question. And, you know, the wonderful thing is, is that the Word of God answers it. The Word of God answers that question. And so we're going to be looking at to the, that answer today. And how many of you know it's... Uh, Jesus said this, he said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so once you know the truth, I mean, the truth is going to help you. Not, it's not going to hurt you, it's, it's going to help you. The truth doesn't curse you, the, cur- the, the truth blesses, it blesses you. Uh, I read a quote many years ago, it's one of my favorite quotes, and I think it's the absolute truth, and they'll put it up on the screen, but A.W. Tozer said this, he said, what comes into a person's mind when they think about God is the most important thing about that person. What comes into a person's mind when they think about God is the most important thing about that person. You know, if you think about God wrong, it will affect your life. If you think about God right, it will affect your life. But what comes into your mind when you think about God, I mean, it, it matters a great deal. And so whether you think, is God, is he irritable? Is he an irritable God? Is he a kind God? Is he a gracious God? Is he a judgmental God? Is he an angry God? I mean, you, I mean, what comes into your mind when you think about him is the most important thing about you because it will really affect how you live your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? And so I want us to look today to a couple of people that I, that I think probably know God maybe better than you and I know God. You do realize this, that there are people who know God better than you know God. And, and one reason that people can know God better than you is just experience. They, they've known him longer. They've experienced him longer. There's one thing that you'll never uh, go beyond your elders in, and that's experience, Right? Yeah, sometimes life, you just find the potholes. You know what I mean by that? You, you live long enough, you just find where the potholes are. You live long enough, you experience life. You live long enough, you gain wisdom, or you should gain wisdom. And so I want us to look at some things this morning. But in, you know, the, the title of this message is, if, if God is so good, if God is good, why does he allow bad things to happen? And, and I believe the first thing that we need to get settled is that God is good. You say to, 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 to the title, if God is, it means that you really are, you're not convinced that he is. If is the badge of doubt. If, if communicates a lack of confidence. So if God, you know, we, we need to remove the if because God is good. David said this, and I, and I think David probably knew God. You think, you think, you think David knew God? You, you remember the shepherd David who, who killed the giant, right? Who are you to defy the armies of the living God? You uncircumcised Philistine, you nine-foot-tall giant, who are you to defy the armies of the living God? He knew God. He said, I'm, I'm not going to come at you, I'm, you know, they, I'm not going to come at you with a spear. I'm coming at you in the name of the, the Lord of hosts. He knew God. But David said this in Psalm 34, 8. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste, he didn't say taste and see if the Lord is good. He said, taste and see that 
the Lord is good. Anytime you get around God, you will leave with this mindset. He is so good. God is, is, is so good. And things don't even have to be perfect. But when you get around God, you leave with this mindset that God is good. And if you think over your life, you would have to come up with this. You'd have to, you'd have to settle on this, that God is good. It could have been a lot worse for me. Right? So David said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But that's not all he said. He said, blessed is the man. Blessed is the person who trusts in him. You see, you can't put your trust in God or you will not put your trust in God if you don't believe that God is good. I mean, I'm not going to put my trust, I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to trust someone with my kids if I'm not convinced that they got my, the, the best interest of my kids in mind. Is that right? I'm not going to entrust something precious to someone if I don't believe that they're good to take care of it. And you'll never trust God fully until you're convinced that God is good. So David said, taste and see. Taste and see that that the Lord is good and blessed is the one who puts their trust in him. You see, if you've got a faith problem with God, if you have a trust problem, it just means that you have a knowledge problem. If you have a faith, if, 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 if your faith is weak, if your faith is small, it doesn't mean that you just somehow got the wrong end of the stick. It just simply means that your knowledge of God is not where it needs to be. Because once you have knowledge of God, and I'm not just talking about a head knowledge. I'm not just talking about stuff you write in a notebook. I'm talking about a revelation knowledge of who God is. I tell you what, the, the, the trust and the doubts will evaporate. Are you listening to me? You know, uh, Jesus told a woman one time, you know, he tells you, it's a man. You remember the, the, the story of the woman with the issue of blood? She came and... And uh, Jesus was on his way to heal, heal another man's daughter who was at the point of death. And this woman with the issue of blood stopped him in a crowd. Long story short, she got healed. Jesus said, who touched me? And she, she fell down and told him all the truth, which took a little while. Right? And, and this, this centurion was with Jesus, and he, he was supposed to be going to heal his daughter. And he was taking his sweet little time with this woman with the issue of blood. And then his, the people came from his house and said, don't trouble the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. And Jesus, he said, do not doubt. Only believe. Now, is it possible for us to live our life where we do not doubt? I believe it is. And if we have doubts, it's just because we don't have knowledge. Is that right? So I want us to go back to the, to the book of beginnings. And we're answering the, the question, if God is so good, why does he allow bad things to happen? So we need to settle this first of all. God is good. But, but, but he, he's good, but why does he allow bad things to happen? Because it's obvious that bad things have happened. Have y'all, have y'all noticed any bad things happening? Yeah, it's obvious that bad things happen. But why does God allow bad things to happen? And even bad things to happen to good people. So y- y'all want to y'all find the answers to this? Maybe not all the answers to this, but some of them. But in Genesis, the first chapter, we've got to go all the way back to the beginning. And I believe that the Word of God just shines such great light on the questions that we have on the doubts that we may have to settle those doubts so that we can believe, so that we can trust him. But in Genesis 1, this is the story of creation. Of course, Moses uh, Moses is the one who recorded these things. And did Moses know God? He said that he, he knew him, you know, face to face. He spoke with him face to face. Moses was referred to as a friend of God, so he's not just some extra, you know, he's not just some theologian that's coming up with theory. He knew God. And so Moses is recording 
the, you know, the creation account, and I don't want to go through all through this, but you can read it in Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 through 31. But, you know, God created something, and then what he, he looked at it, and what, what did he say? When, when God looked at it, what, after he created it, and, and he looked at it, and he examined it, he goes, that's good. That, that's good. And he created the plant kingdom, and he looked at all the plants and the trees, and he said, that's good. And he created all the fish, and he looked at all the fish. He didn't call them fish, but, I mean, he said, that's good. And he created the trees, and he, he, I mean, he created the heavens and the earth, and he looked at it, and what did God say? He said it was good. You can't, create, you can't create something good out of someone that is not good. The reason that God created good and the reason that he made sure it was good because he wanted it to reflect his character and his character is good. God is good. He is disposed to show favor. He is kind. And so he, he gets down to where he, he creates man and... Uh, in, in Genesis chapter 1, he, you know, he, he said that he created man in his own image and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. But it says this, then God blessed them, male, you know, Adam and Eve, he blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So after he created man, he, he looked at every, everything, everything. He put it all together. He looked at everything. He said, man, it, it, he said, it's very good. It's very good. But then it says this, God blessed them, God blessed Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter 1, verse, uh, what, what's that, 28, 28. Then God blessed them, God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. Now, I want you to notice something, because we're going to answer the question, if God is good, why does he allow bad things to happen? Now, I want you to notice this. Not only did God create Adam and Eve, notice what he did once he created them. He said, subdue the earth and have dominion over the earth. Now, you know, one thing that, that you've probably been taught, you've probably heard, I heard, I've said, I haven't said it in, in I probably haven't said it in 25 years except to to teach on the erroneous aspect of it, you've probably heard this, that God is in control. Anybody ever heard that before? Anybody say that since yesterday? That, that God is in control. We think it sounds good, but it, 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 is, it is so phony baloney. It, it's a lie. God is not in control. And we're going to prove it to you from the scripture because this has a lot to do with why bad things happen. And when, when people say if God is good, why do bad things happen? They're, they're, they're kind of, without doing it, they're trying to kind of shift the blame on God. Somehow God had something to do with it. He had some kind of sinister plan behind the bad thing. You know, maybe, he, you may, maybe God's allowing this to teach me something. Maybe God's allowing this to correct me. But I want you to notice that, that once God created Adam and Eve, he relinquished control of the earth. He gave them authority. He gave them dominion. And if you want to know what the original intent of something is, you've got to go back and look at the original creation of that thing. So when God created Adam and Eve, he said, he said I'm giving you dominion. I want you to subdue the earth. You're in charge. I mean, even to the point that God didn't even name the elephant. He brought all the animals to Adam and whatever Adam called them, that was their name. Why? Because Adam was in charge. Are you listening to me? Adam, we're answering the question, if God's good, why do bad things happen? So you've got to understand this, that God's not in control. As a matter of fact, if you want New Testament, we'll give you more New Testament in a minute, but 1 John 5 says that the whole world is under the control of the wicked one. Well, then it, God's not the wicked one. God is the good one. 
He is the right one. He is the righteous one. He's not the wicked one. You know, many, many years ago, someone, uh, a reporter, he was writing for a newspaper. He wasn't, he wasn't a Christian. He wasn't, he wasn't an atheist. He was, an, he was a self-proclaimed agnostic. And he said, he said I, do, I do believe that there is a supreme being, but the reason that I don't serve him, the reason I don't bow to him, because the people who claim to know him ascribe horrific acts to him. That's the reason that I don't serve him, because the people who claim to know him and follow him ascribe horrific acts to him. And they say things like, well, God is in control. And, and this reporter said, if God is in control, he's got things in a big mess. How many of you know things on the earth are in a big mess? But it's not because God's in control. So Adam, Adam and Eve, they have dominion. They, I mean, God has given them authority. You could say it like this, that they, they are the God, little g, of the world. They were in control. They were in authority. Nothing happened except going through them. And then you all know the story that the serpent came into the garden and, you know, he began to deceive. And God had told them, not because God's just trying to keep them from fun. God said, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for the day that you eat of it, you're going to surely die. And how many of you, they partook of that fruit. And they died, not physically that day, but spiritually. They became separated from God. They became a partaker of the, God's arch enemy's nature. Okay, I'm, I'm trying not to go too deep with this, but I want you to no, listen up. So Adam and Eve, they have authority. God told them, I give you dominion. I want you to subdue the earth. I want you to control things down here. Is that right? And so, if God gave them control, well, then God's not in control. He gave them authority. He, and you say, well, well, God may not have been in control, but he, he allowed all that to happen. God allows a lot of things to happen. And we, can't, we can't mistake God's permissive will for his perfect will. You can't mistake God what God will permit. You can't mistake that. With his perfect will. There's a lot of things that happen that are not God's perfect will. That's why Jesus instructed us to pray that his will would be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Because it's not automatically being done. Not everything that happens is the will of God. Not everything that happens in your life is the will of God. Not every decision you make can come back and say, well, somehow God was involved with that. There's things that we do apart from God. There's a path that seems right to a man. And a lot of times we follow that path and it ends in destruction. It ends with bad things happen. It had nothing to do with God. Are y'all are here this morning? So in, I want you to notice this, and this, this is very enlightening. In Luke the fourth chapter, Luke the fourth chapter, and this is when Jesus was being tempted by the devil. You know, y'all read that story in Luke chapter 4. Some of you have, if you haven't. But so, you know, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, and he was tempted by the, the devil, and he was taken up into this high mountain. He was showed all the kingdoms of this world, all the kingdoms, all the authority, all the riches of it. Notice what he says in Luke, the fourth chapter. It says in verse 5, Then the devil, taking him on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, Now get this. And the devil said to Jesus, all this authority, all this power, all this control, I will give you and their glory or their wealth for this, in other words, all this authority, all this glory has been delivered to me. And I give it to whoever I want to give it to. Now, let me ask you something. Did the devil have the right, or let me, first of all, did he have authority? Where did he get it from? He got it from Adam. God gave it to Adam. Adam committed high treason. 
He delivered the authority by, by his submission to the devil. He delivered the authority that God had given him. He delivered it to Satan. And 2 Corinthians 4 says, in whom the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the mind. You see, now he's the God of the world, of this world. Adam was, now Satan is the God of this world. So who's in control? All the world is under the sway, under the control of the wicked one, except for you and I. If you're a believer, you're not. But this whole world is under the control. Most, most government systems are under the control of the wicked one. The financial kingdom is under the control of the wicked one. So I said, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, it's right there. I mean, I mean, I mean, Luke is narrating the story of, of an eyewitness account of what happened with Jesus being tempted. He said, well, Jesus wasn't really tempted. Well, if he wasn't really tempted, then this is a lie. And if Jesus just played along and the, de the devil really didn't have authority, well, then Jesus was part of a lie. No, he really did have the authority. And he really could have given it to Jesus if he would have bowed down. But if he would have bowed down, now Jesus would have been done the same thing that Adam did. Why do bad things happen? If God is so good, why do bad things happen? Number one. Well, not, not number one. Let me just let me go through the list. And we said this, you can't mistake God's permissive will for his perfect will. Many, many, things, many things happen in your life that was, God never intended it to happen. How many of you remember the story of Israel? I mean, they, they wanted a king. They wanted to be like all the cool kids. I mean, all the other nations have a king. We want a king. We want to be like everybody else. We want to have a. We want this. We want this visible leader. We don't. We don't want this cloud leading us. We don't want this fire leading us. We don't want. We don't want the Almighty God leading us. We want a king. And God said, "I don't want you to have a king." Yeah, but we want a king. But I don't want you to have a king. Yeah, but we want a king. He goes, "Okay, then have a king." Well, that's not God's perfect will. Why? He wanted to be their leader. He wanted to be their king. But they wanted somebody else. They wanted something else. And it cost them. Bad things happened to them. Why? Because God was in control? No. Because God ceased from get, being good? No. God said, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You don't want to take a king. It's going to cost you. You don't want to take a king. It's going to cost you. I don't want you to have a king. That's not my best. You're not going to experience the goodness. If you take a king, yeah, but we want one. Okay, have one. And this happens all the time. God, you, you, something you want to do, something I want to do, and God says, I don't want you to do that. Yeah, but I want to do that. I want, yeah, but I, that, that's not best for you. Yeah, but I want to. Yeah, but I don't, it's not best for you. Yeah, but I want to. Okay. Go ahead. And it'll cost you. So don't mistake God's permissive will for God's perfect will. Number two, you have to realize we live, you and I live on a sin-cursed planet. Did you know that? We, we, why do bad things happen? Because we live on a sin-cursed planet. Romans 5.12 says this, For by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death through sin. So this, the original creation, there was no sin. I mean, there was, I mean, if you were to tell Adam, hey, when God said, if you eat this, you're going to die, he didn't even know what die meant. He had no concept of death because there, there was no death. It was, it was complete perfection until sin entered into the world. How did sin enter? Because God did it? No, because someone chose something other than what God wanted them to choose. And sin entered into the world, and death came. 
And death came. Death, the, and I'm not, I'm not just talking physical death, but just the spiritual nature of death is the cause of everything wrong on this planet. It, it's, the, it's the reason for all the heartache. It's the reason for all the pain. It's the reason for all the brokenness. It's the reason for all the sickness. It's the reason for all the wars and all the fightings and all the misunderstandings. It's the reason for it all. And it happened because one person decided that I didn't want to do it God's way. I don't want to fear the Lord. I don't want to do things God's way. I want to do things my way. And a lot of times, boy, we, we get on to Adam. How could Adam do that? But we've done the same thing. We've proven. We've proven we would do the same. Right? We would do the, do the same thing. So we live on this sin-cursed planet. Here's another reason why bad things happen. Here's another reason. Human error. Human error. I mean, people just, sometimes people are just careless. I mean, this is not spiritual at all. I mean, the devil didn't do it. God didn't do it. Just human error is why bad things happen. Bad judgment, right? I know this isn't real spiritual, but it's just, I mean, human error. Uh, you know, one one I've read this one story. This guy smashed into the back of a of a semi truck, and and thankfully he lived. But he, he, you know, people were asking, you know, what what happened? And people said, well, the enemy just had it out for him. I mean, the devil just had it out for him. And this guy was just smart enough to say, no, it wasn't it wasn't the devil? He said, I was eating a hamburger and I dropped a pickle in my lap. I almost fell off the stage. <clears throat> Who could we have blamed that on? He said, he said I, I, dropped, I dropped a pickle in my lap, and I was looking down trying to get the pickle off my lap, and I ran into the truck. Well, that's just human error. So that's, that's the reason that bad things happen. Number, number uh, four, we have an enemy. Did you know that you have an enemy? You have an enemy. You, you have... Uh, Jesus said in John 10, he said, the thief comes to, but for to kill, steal, and destroy. You have an enemy. You have, they're, they're, the, the devil doesn't want you to succeed in life. And this is what many people don't understand. You're not just a physical person. And you just don't live in a physical, in a physical world. Heaven is not just a place. Heaven is a dimension. Hell is not just a place. Hell is a dimension. And so we, we live in this this we live in this dual world where there's the, the spiritual world is just as real, if not more real, than the physical world, but we just can't see it because we're confined to these physical bodies. But there is an enemy, and he he stirs up all kinds of stuff in your life. He will agitate you, he'll get you at odds with your spouse. He'll get you at odds with your employer, employees. I mean, he'll, he, he's working to create division. And he's working to see to it that, that you don't succeed, that you don't enjoy the goodness of God, that, that all he wants for you is to kill, steal, and destroy. Is that right? So you have an enemy. You have an enemy. So... Uh, so you say, oh, that's good. What do I do about it? So this is the best part of the message right here. What do you do about it? Because here's the thing. God, it's not God. God is good. God is good, and he has, nothing, he has nothing to do with the bad that happens. And, you know, we've been kind of brainwashed to think that we have. I mean, even, you know, insurance companies, something bad happens, and they, they call it an act of God. Well, it's not an act of God. It's an act of this fallen world that we live in, earthquakes, storms. It's because the whole creation is groaning and travailing, and it's under a curse, and it's sick, and it's dying. I mean, the earth is. There's only a 6,000-year lease on the earth, and I mean, that's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. But, I mean, the, the earth is travailing. It's groaning. It's, it's, it's in death mode, and it has been for 6,000 years. So that's the reason for, for all the, it's just a cursed earth that we live on. 
So what do we do about this? Number one, this is so important, and we don't have time to teach on these, but, but we, we've taught on them before, and so go find the notes, rehearse it, find it online, right? Number one, you've got to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. And, and what, I mean, what I mean by that, you've got to learn to be hear from God and then obey God. Whether, it, whether you like it or not, whether your flesh likes it or not, if he tells you don't buy the car, then don't buy the car. If he said, don't, don't be friends with this person, then don't be friends with this person. If he says, don't do this, then don't do it. If he says, do this, then do it. Yeah, but I don't want to. But, but is he your Lord? So we have to learn to hear from him. And then obey him. Do what he says. Oh, but I just believe in the Lord. Who cares? I just, I just believe, like bluebirds believe in the Lord. I mean, I, I just believe in the Lord. Big deal. You believe in the Lord. Believing God is not just believing something and then doing nothing. Believing God, involved in believing God is obeying God, doing what he says to do. Whether you like it or not, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows that if you'll do it, you're going to like it. He's got your best interest in mind. He want, everything he does is for your good and his glory. Amen. So, so learn to hear from him and then obey what he says. Number two, you've got to learn to resist the devil. Now, I, I, you know, I love all the songs about the Lord fighting for us. And I love all that. I love, I love the song about, you know, the Lord, he, he moves the mountains. But that doesn't mean that you don't do anything. James says, James 4, you resist the devil. You do it. You resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Not pray that God's going to do something about the devil for you. You see, because when you got born again, you received his nature. You came out from under the lordship of Satan, and, and, and now you've got authority over him. You resist the devil. You resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, you're, waste, you're wasting your time then. I'm just, I'm just asking the Lord to do something about the devil. He's not. He already did 2,000 years ago. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Then he, he gave you his name. He said, I want you to rule and reign through my name. Use my name. Resist the devil. Are you listening? you got to learn to resist the devil. And a lot of times just resisting the devil is resisting the devil, resisting his works, resisting, I mean, resisting sickness. I mean, when you feel a little sick, you don't go lay down and let me just lay down. No, no you get up. You resist. Look, I'm, I'm trying to teach you how to walk in victory. I mean, you, you, I mean, well, I'm just, I mean, fight. The good fight of faith. Don't just sit back and take it. Do something. Get up. Resist. I mean, tell the devil, I will not lay here. You know how many times that, I mean, not, not a whole lot of times, but there's been many times that, that I've wanted to call and, Pastor Paul, I'm not feeling very well this morning. Can you take it? In 27 years, I've never missed. I've never stayed home because I didn't feel good. And there have been days that I didn't feel good. Why? Because part of resisting is getting up. Part of resisting is getting up and say, you know what, devil? You're not going to keep me from my job. You're not going to keep me from my, my assignment. You're not going to keep me from delivering this word. You're not, I, I'm, it's part of just resisting, just getting up. And then you get up, and man, the anointing comes on you, and all the symptoms disappear, and you go, "Woo, glory to God, all the symptoms. And then you get done preaching, and all the symptoms are right there. And then you just believe God. Trust the Lord. 
part of resisting is just getting up. Just don't lay down. Don't, don't lay down. I hope this is helping you. I mean, you can do this whether you're saved or not. Just get up. Push back. A lot of folks just want to be sick, though. <laughs> a lot of times, I'm not saying all, I'm not saying, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of times people just want to be sick. Why? They don't want to go to work. I mean, honestly, I'm not feeling real good. Got a little tummy ache. Can't make it. Honestly, just don't want to be at work. Stayed up too late, tired. It's Monday. <laughs> Y'all know why you're laughing? Because you've done it before. <laughs> you've done it before. I have too. Sometimes people want to stay like that because that's the only way they can get any attention. It's the truth. All right. I'm not saying it. Most people aren't like that, but some people are like that. Okay. So we've we got to learn to resist the devil. And then, lastly, we've got, we got to learn to put on the whole armor of God. Why did, the, why did he tell us in Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God? Because you're in a war. You, you're in a battle. You're in a battle. So you've you got to put on the armor of God. Why? Because this is a bad place we're living in. I don't know if you noticed that or not. It's, it's a bad place that we're living in. It's, it's a corrupt place. It's a dangerous place that we live in. So he's put on the armor of God. Why? Because you're going to battle. Cover, cover your mind. Cover your, cause all kind of thoughts. Cover your, cover your you know, put, put on the breastplate. Why? Cover your vital organs. I mean, put on, put on that, that belt of truth. Not the belt of your truth, the belt of the truth. Can I get on my high horse just a minute? Um, no, I'm not going to get on it. It doesn't have anything to do with the message. But it's, yeah, but if you heard, you heard this, people talking about, well, you know, my truth. My truth. Well, there's not my truth and your truth and someone else's truth. There is the truth. And if, if the truth doesn't line up with your version of the truth, you need to change your truth to reflect his truth. Right? It'll make your life so much better. It, it, it'll make your life so much gooder. If you would vacate your truth and adopt his truth, So for, be led by the Spirit. Obey God. What, what's he saying to you? If he's saying stop something, just stop something. If he's saying do something, just do something. Hear from him and obey. Resist the devil. Quit, quit playing around. Resist. Put on, put on that armor. Put on that armor. You say, what, what is that all about? Read Ephesians 6. It talks about the armor. Put on the armor. Amen? So why, why if, if God is good, why do, why do bad things why does he allow bad things to happen? Because uh, he has to. Because you're not a puppet on a string. He's not controlling every move that you make, every decision you make. He's not doing that. You're a free moral agent, and you get to choose. And sometimes, I mean, all the time, your choices, my choices, have consequences. They have consequences, either good consequences or bad consequences, but your choices have consequences. Right? So, so why, why do bad things happen? Sometimes we just choose wrong. Why do bad things happen? We live in a, in a, in a 
bad world, but we can, we can resist and we can wear our armor, right? And we can walk in the light and God will give us the advantage and he'll let us know of, of the enemy's tactics and his plans against us and we can stop, we can, we can stop them in their tracks. We can. But you have to rise up and do it. Well, somebody just want to be lazy. Just, just lay, well, you know, I'm just going to let God handle it. Well, God's going, but here's the thing. God didn't tell you to put the ball in his court. He gave you, he gave you his name to rule and to reign. Well, he told us in Romans 5 that we are to reign as kings in this life. Why? Because he's given us authority to do it. And we, we keep looking over at him. He's telling, name the animals. Well, I don't know what to call those animals. Name the animals. Adam had to name them. He gave us authority. We're like, God, do something about this. And, and Jesus didn't say, tell God to move the mountain for you. He said, if you'll say, if you'll open your mouth and you'll say to the mountain, if you'll say to the mountain, be removed. He said, if you ask God to say something to the mountain, he said, if you say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and you believe what you say will come to pass, you will have what you say. That is powerful. That is powerful. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. You do something. Be bold. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Tammy to come up just for a minute. I, I, went, I went too long, but she has a, just a word. Because, you know I, know, I believe there's people in here, maybe your stuff has happened. Stuff has happened. But I believe the Lord has some answers. Amen.